Welcome to Fuller Speed Ahead. I'm Craig Fuller. Coming to you from Elder Mountain, just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Today, I'm joined uh, with Chad Eichelberger, the president of Reliance Partners, an insurance company that's focused on the trucking industry, also based here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chad, how are you enjoying your time away from the office? Well, you may see that in a moment when my uh, my son pops his head in here like he has on several of these calls, but uh, making the best of it and uh, a lot of these face-to-face meetings now, I'm, I'm learning a lot about technology, so I, I feel pretty pr- a lot more confident in my ability to have one of these meetings than I did a few weeks ago. It is interesting how different things are uh, now, and, and I always like seeing people's, like, the background of their homes. You look like you're in like a a blue box. Like I'm, in a, I'm in my bedroom because my kids are going to barge in at any moment. And this is the most secure place for me to actually have a, a phone call. So okay. uh, we, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's a little, it's a little bright. Well, the wife and the baby will, will come up here and then the dog will come up. Uh, Ellie will come up when she wants to be taken outside. So I, I know the feeling it is. Things are different now, but you know, even on national TV on, on whether it's Bloomberg or CNBC, uh, because they're doing this remotely as well, you'll see people's kids show up and dogs bark. And it's, uh, it is interesting how different it is. I, I, we do a lot of national TV, uh, interviews that interview us on national TV. And traditionally we had to go into a studio. You had to go into one of the local TV affiliates to do a a broadcast. It is a lot of uh, motion there, but now even the large, and most formal networks uh, have changed where you can do it from your home. So hopefully, as someone who does some of this, I hope this is permanent uh, uh, because it certainly allows us to do more and not not feel like the, the video is, is less than quality. But um, we want to talk a lot about what's happening. COVID is impacting uh, everything across the freight market. Uh, what is it you guys are seeing and experiencing right now uh, related to coronavirus and COVID? Well, so obviously we're in the commercial insurance space focused on freight brokerage and trucking companies. The majority of our business uh, comes from trucking companies. And and so we've really seen a mixture of things. So uh, we've got fleets that we insure that are, you know, hundreds of units that are saying they've never been busier. Uh, but then we've also got fleets that are struggling. And it really, uh, when I, I look at it, really, if you break it down by mode, uh, we first started seeing... Uh, probably about a month ago, the fuel haulers were having some issues. They were There were more payment issues around fuel haulers. More recently, it's been the flatbed. And now we're seeing just a little uptick in the failures on the drive-in side. Uh, dumps have been, we're seeing failures there. Our refrigerated guys uh, seem to be performing well still in terms of how we measure cancellations. So uh, it, it really runs the gamut. It's, it's all over the board. And uh, so far, we haven't seen a huge amount of concentration, really, that's geographic specific. It's been all over. Now, why would the fuel haulers, uh, I, I understand the auto haulers shut down, but fuel haulers, what is the, what's causing them uh, issues? Well, we, the auto haulers and the fuel haulers were the first two. And, and I think what we're seeing from the fuel haulers is, one, uh, you've got less, uh, there's less gasoline being consumed right now. So the stations are not bombarded with people. They're not getting as many turns a day. Uh, they seem to still, uh, you know, for, for the ones that we work with, 
they seem to still have volume in their network, but it's well diminished. So the guys that were on the edge or the trucking companies that were already struggling a little bit, obviously we've seen them struggle the most. The auto hauler market is really dead. And then flatbed increasingly over the last couple of weeks, we're seeing more challenges in, in that market as well, just because of the industrial side and building materials uh, and just the lack of demand right now. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, thinking about the fuel haulers, because it's interesting, I haven't heard that, uh, but but with with oil prices being at, you know, 20-year lows and uh, oil dropping as far as it's dropped, as fast as it's dropped, I would imagine that there are credit issues and, and, and just financing cash flow issues with folks that are in the refinery space or in the uh, production space and the drilling space. And I would imagine that's created a lot of strain. Uh, uh, for those haulers, and particularly haulers that are out taking uh, oil uh, from the wells into the refineries, as those wells have shut down, I imagine that's created a lot of issues for for that particular uh, group of people. Yeah, and, and we see a lot. We do a lot of business in Texas. It's one of our larger states, and uh, just in terms of Texas, a lot of impact uh, uh, the truckers that support the fracking space. Uh, you know, when you start to look at the guys that are hauling the water and the sand and the raw materials, everything that's going into that, we've seen an impact there as well. And just the dump operations. We had uh, I had one of our sales guys talking to me the other day and said, hey, I had this account, uh, 16 units, and he, said, and he runs all dumps. And he's had uh, one or two loads for his entire fleet in the past two weeks. So needless to say, he's not going to renew his policy. Um, and that was a prospect for us. But at the same time, uh, I think you're going to see more and more of that over the, the coming weeks. So you've seen you've seen a lot of churn. Uh, we see the general freight. You, you mentioned reefer uh, folks are doing well. But in terms of dry van freight, are you seeing any pressure there? Not overall right now. I mean, we've seen a and I wouldn't say this is it's significant enough to even really be a statistic because we measure it across modes and we've certainly seen an uptick overall. Uh, all the modes I mentioned to you, drive-in appears to be trending along about the same as it was before, just in terms of uh, when we look at failures. And we also look at negative endorsements and in terms of if trucking companies are removing equipment or adding equipment, uh, we have seen a higher net negative endorsement number over the past month. Uh, but that doesn't really seem to be in direct correlation with what's happening with drive-in and certainly not reefer. I will say we're seeing on the refrigerated side, we've seen some flatbed haulers where we have to go and modify their cargo policy because they've gone out and uh, leased a couple of refrigerated trailers or they've done this or that. So I think you're going to see uh, some of these entrants are going to try to jump from, you know, from flatbed over the refrigerated market as well. What does negative net endorsements mean? Exactly. So when we look at it on a rolling basis, we measure the endorsements we see every single month that come in from our clients. And in a typical month, it's a net positive uh, because that means they're, you know, they're going and modifying policies, whether they add a truck, uh, it could be they delete a truck, uh, they go in and add something in their policy or they raise the limit specific to a, to a uh, customer or a freight broker. And typically that number historically for us is usually been a positive. We've seen, I think there was one or two months last year, it was a negative. And we've seen it as a negative right now and specifically correlated around those, you know, the, the flatbed and the auto haulers and the dumps and, 
you know, the modes that are most susceptible in, in this type of downturn, uh, at least at the, in the, on the front end. So, but really it's just a, you know, when you look at the total policy, is the policy getting bigger as, as we have it or is it getting smaller? And this is a month where on average, the changes made to policies decrease the size of the policies that were already in effect. So does this mean, uh, you know, in terms of folks that are not in the insurance business, does this mean effectively that there are trucks and uh, basically capacity leaving the industry? Is that the way I should think about it when you talk about ne- negative endorsements? Yeah, and, and I would say capacity leaving the industry, but then we also see uh, uh, some of those are leased on uh, to other companies. But again, those would be a positive endorsement there. We don't always capture it, so that's why I wouldn't say our data is scientific. I mean, we're we're a $150 million premium agency. So in, in terms of what we have, I don't think it's enough. You can apply it to the whole industry. But uh, per se, we, we feel like there's some movement going on. I don't think it's uh, drastic by any means, but uh, I'm sure you know it's going to pick up over the coming weeks. Now, uh, you guys are the fastest growing or among the fastest growing insurance companies uh, in the country. You also are really focused on that small fleet operator and trucking operator. So conceptually, if you're seeing pressure uh, as aggressively as you guys have grown, I would imagine the broader market seeing pressure. I would think so. I mean, our new business number, we had our best number in company history last month, just in terms of new business and renewed business. But uh, March is historically uh, a very favorable month for us on that front. Uh, so I'm sure there's pressure uh, across the board. Our fleets are holding up pretty well overall. Again, you've got certain modes that uh, they're struggling. Uh, we're also seeing orders from markets and from different states in terms of cancellations and not allowing uh, insurance companies. And we're obviously a retail agent, but the markets we represent, there are some of them now that are going out there and in fact, putting these moratoriums, whether it's state related or the markets trying to, to keep these truckers in, in a position to continue to be able to haul, uh, where they're putting these moratoriums where you can't cancel a policy for non-payment. And so I think that's something that's going to continue. I think it doesn't mean I wouldn't advise every trucking company out there uh, to take advantage of it. You're going to have to eventually pay it, but uh, it's something to monitor and maybe uh, a way that you know, some trucking companies can get some relief and, and be able to catch back up from a payment perspective. Now, you're, you're suggesting that if you have an insurance policy, you may you may be able to get uh, negotiate some delayed payments, deferred payments for a few months uh, just because uh, the insurance companies may have some leniency. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And then on top of that, there are certain states. Uh, I think there's 13 or 14 of them right now. But Louisiana, I know specifically uh, they've gone out there and they've put a date, and I believe it's May 12th, don't quote me on that, uh, where you cannot cancel. If you're an insurance company, you can't cancel uh, a client because of non-payment during that time, and you can't opt to non-renew them because of non-payment. Now, if they do something to violate the terms of the policy, they can be canceled. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the different states deal with that, how the insurance markets deal with that. And then obviously you've got retail agencies like us and you have finance companies. It's in everybody's best interest to, to see these trucking companies stay in business and continue to operate. And I think that's what you're seeing, the consensus there, whether it's mandated by law or the insurance companies are just working to you know, help the trucker. Yeah, we've seen that certainly in the uh, rent markets. Uh, certain uh, cities like New York have said you don't have to pay your rent for two months. 
Um, I talked to a very large landlord. It's got a lot of properties across the country, actually across the world. And they said uh, it was two days ago. And they said, well, tomorrow's April 1st. It's going to be a big day. And I, I was sort of confused because I thought he was excited about April Fool's Day. And he said, no, uh, this is the day that rents due, and we're going to see how that works. So it's uh, certainly a stressful time if you own assets, whether it's trucks or uh, uh, places of rent, commercial properties or residential properties. Um, but it's also a time where the market's under a lot of stress. Uh, are you hearing uh, finance companies that are giving uh, fleets – some time to pay or, or I know that's a different world than you guys are in, but are you seeing that as well? So on the finance front, we're seeing companies tighten uh, their down payment terms as far as what they want to see down on a new policy. Um, we've still, you know, depending on the, the operation, there's some flexibility there, but at the same time, they've certainly gotten tighter with that because their exposure, they're, they're obviously concerned about the market. Uh, as it relates to payments, we've got some companies that are, working with clients and working to lay, waive late fees. And then we've got others that, uh, you know, so far haven't, haven't came off of that, what they were already doing. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I would imagine you're going to see everybody try to be more flexible right now, just in the best interest of, of these companies. So you think the, the message to the audience that's tuning in watching this, perhaps if they're small fleet owner, owners, operators, is reach out to your insurance companies, talk about what options you have, reach out to your finance company, talk about what options you may have. Really, basically, everybody knows what's happening, and the time is to communicate uh, and see what options are available. Is that is that what you would suggest? Yeah, absolutely. And we've asked all of our account managers that handle the day-to-day -day relationships with clients and with insurance markets that we are, we're asking about business. We're asking about uh you know, in terms of, you know, you're you're adding this equipment or you're deleting this equipment, and we're hearing the stories of, hey, it's tough out there right now, and so we're we're going out on their behalf and trying to talk to insurance markets about, is there anything we can do here to to help them or you know to break this up? And a lot of times, the finance companies really can control that. Uh, it's all dependent on if it's a direct market relationship or it's a finance policy through a you know a market that we may not have directly. And what are you seeing on the safety side? The uh, Department of Transportation, the FMCSA, has waived on all 50 states uh, the hours of service uh, requirements uh, if you're hauling certain types of relief goods uh, or medical supplies or, or, or certain types of items that are needed. What are you hearing in terms of safety uh, out there? I would imagine no traffic. It's got to be a huge benefit for drivers. But how, how are they handling the exposure of their, of their driver populations? So, so what we're hearing, there's a lot of fleets that, you know, they've got, they've given their drivers criteria uh, just in terms of, you know, you're going to go from here to here. You're going to pre-plan where you're going to be parking at more often than, than not, as opposed to what you did before uh, at truck stops, limit interaction. Uh, we're hearing a lot about that. All, any type of distancing requirements, if you're in facilities or if you're with dock workers, uh, there's just a lot of that going on right now. What you're hearing really on, if you're turning into CNN or Fox News, the same type of things that uh, advising these drivers to, to be careful and to be safe because they're out there and they're the ones that are really keeping America running right now. And if they're not, if they're not being safe or suddenly we start to have this pandemic hit the driver population, it's, you know, it's very concerning. 
Chad, only people only watch Freightways TV that tune into this channel. Uh, no other news. That's all that matters. So, uh, uh, but I, I'm, I'm joking, of course. The what liability do fleets have uh, in terms of that you're aware right now uh, to their drivers if they get exposed? Do they have to provide any type of safety equipment that you're aware of, or uh, not that I'm aware of? I wouldn't say that. Uh, I think if you're negligent as an employer. And, you know, you knew of an exposure that was present and you intentionally sent that person into there and uh, it was a forced dispatch situation. Who knows? It's whatever uh, a court's going to say in the, in the longer term. I mean, I'm, anybody can allege anything, uh, you know, but to my knowledge, I haven't seen anything so far in this that has really, you know, proven that to, to be something that you've got to be mindful of. And I haven't seen anybody going out there and just putting somebody in harm's way intentionally. Most of these drivers, they understand the risks that are out there. They're trying to take precautions and uh, some of the exposure piece for them, it's, it's unavoidable. Yeah, I, I've actually heard not so much in the driver population uh, of having being forced dispatch and, and to go into situations, but I actually have heard in freight brokerages and other companies where uh, someone has gotten sick and they made them work, work it out or, they were there getting a couple of days of exposure. So we've heard situations like that, um, but I'm not aware of any drivers that have been personally exposed uh, that have been forced to stay out and such. And, you know, the FMCSA has put out some instructions for for uh, for uh, helping to provide some information. The CDC has also done that. States are also putting information out. We are hearing that the shipper population, as well as the tr commercial truck stops, uh, have stepped up in terms of providing cleaning supplies, uh, uh, increased janitorial services, have have closed their restaurants and facilities inside to mitigate spread. Uh, we're hearing that certain fast food restaurants are open up drive throughs that are specific for trucks. So there is some effort. Maybe it's not enough, and I would suggest it's never enough uh, to do stuff for our driving community, but we are seeing some promising signs, uh, realizing how important the drivers are uh, any other message, uh, Chad, that fleet should be thinking about right now, if you own a fleet, what you should be doing? You know, I, well, one, thinking about your mix of freight and what kind of exposure you have there, uh, because obviously as the, you know, looking, reading through freight waves this morning and and we start to look at that demand curve and we're starting to see it shift, at least the it looks like the leading indicator of maybe a shift. Um, I would be really mindful about what I'm hauling and because we've got... I've got trucking companies and we've got freight brokerages. We've got people that are mail haulers and uh, have very stable lanes that are that aren't really going anywhere. Uh, we've got freight brokers that are heavy food and beverage. I was talking to one yesterday and, uh, you know, his feedback to me was we're looking at our advanced tenders and uh, they're actually flat to maybe a little bit up. But then I talked to another freight broker and, and they're planning pretty significant cuts to, you know, to their their business as a whole because they have exposure all over the board. And so I would think about freight mix. I would obviously think about continuity of operations and uh, any type of shutdown, which certainly more and more states were seeing that happen in. Uh, I would just be mindful of what's, what resources you've got out there for your drivers. Uh, how are you going to operate remotely? Uh, which a lot of that's, I think, been addressed now in the run-up of the, the last couple of weeks. Um, but just thinking about uh, also things like your fuel expenses and your insurance payments and what expenses do you have that if you needed to, you could spread out for a longer period of time so you can continue to operate. 
And the last thing I would say related to insurance would be uh, the type of policy that you go on. Uh, you know, if your insurance policy is coming up for renewal in the, in the coming months, uh, consider looking at some type of reporting form that is more driven around mileage or revenue uh, that's going to be more attributable back to your fleet over the course of the longer term. If you do have a downturn for two or three months that you don't have this flat rated policy per truck that's not going to paint a clear indication of what really happened over the next year of your policy. Yeah, there's a lot that there are a lot of resources out there. The nice thing is you're not alone in this. I know that that it's like almost become a cliche where everybody's saying you're not alone, but it's true. Uh, everyone around the world is facing the same set of circumstances. And if you're having cash flow issues, paying your insurance, paying for your truck, reach out to uh, your resources, whether it's your bank and finance company, your insurance company, insurance brokerage, I'm sure Reliance for, for folks that have uh, uh, worked with you guys, they can also reach out and talk to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're happy to help any way we can. And uh, we don't always have the answer, but uh, at a minimum, we can go out there or whoever you're insured with from a broker standpoint can go out on your behalf and, and work to help uh, or to even see if there's a way to soften that. And I'm sure just like equipment leasing is the other place. I've heard about equipment leasing companies are getting a little bit more lenient in terms of the same thing we've been talking about. Yeah, factoring companies, if you're talking about financing, can also be a yeah. great resource to talk to those that are helping you manage it. This is the time where those organizations that uh, are in these types of businesses are fantastic resources. Chad, I, you guys are open for business. You're not in the office, but you are uh, operating. If someone can't get a hold of their commercial insurance broker today, are they even if their policy is not was not originated by you guys? Are you guys able to take those calls and help them find uh, resources? Yeah, we can. We, we, we're willing to help anybody. Uh, now, there's things we can't speak to them about. We can talk to them about their policy in general. We don't have insight into it unless we're the agent of record on the policy. But we'd be happy to to give anybody feedback around. Uh, this is the policy they're on. A lot of times we'll go and when we look at a risk, we look at radius of operation. Uh, we look at where they're domiciled, uh, where they're going to, size of the fleet, growth of the fleet, obviously the safety factors. And so uh, generally speaking, we can look at an account in a few seconds and have a good idea. Uh, are they with the market that's the most appropriate fit? Or maybe in this case, the most flexible from a financial standpoint, Uh or, or maybe most creative in being able to spread out payments or not have a large down payment. So those are things we're happy to do for anybody. So just help them navigate what's happening. You have multilingual as well. If you have someone we who's do. particularly in this environment where uh, uh, it may be more difficult, particularly because just offices are closed, people are spread out uh, and there's a lot of difficulty. You have a lot of languages uh, that may be able to answer. Perhaps you have a friend or, or somebody else that's a, that owns a fleet that, is not a native English speaker. You have resources that can help them. And really, the bottom line is there's a lot of resources out there. Be sure to take advantage of them. Freightways.com is going to continue to keep you informed. Please tune in. P tune in to Freightways TV. You can see us on Apple TV, on Roku, uh, as well as directly on tv.freightways.com. And coming up on May 5th, 6th, and now the 7th, we've added a third day, we have the Freightways virtual uh, at-home experience. So it's Freightways Live, like you would get coming to one of our conferences, but actually it's all done virtually. 
All of the conversations are going to be virtual, uh, and we're excited to have that. We have speakers from all over the industry coming uh, to talk about not only what's happening around technology, but circumstances like this. Right, uh, A lot of stuff happening. A lot of information is going to be there. Uh, we're certainly excited and honored to host our first virtual conference, so uh, looking forward to that. Um, if you want to get in touch with Chad, Chad, what's the best way to reach you? Well, I don't want to give my cell phone number out, because, but I think everybody in the country already has it. It seems like anytime we get a, hey, we have, can I, I got a premium payment issue, I'm calling it. Uh, but no, feel free to call us, 877-668-1704. Visit our website. We've got 19 different languages spoken, eight offices around the country. We'd be happy to help or, at a minimum, be there to say, yeah, you're, with the, you're in the best spot you, you can be. We can't do anything to help you, but... We'd be more than happy to take a look if, if we can. Well, Chad, thanks for coming today, and uh, thanks for being on the show. We hope to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me, Craig. Craig.